Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamek. Berto Will is your host. Thank you so kind of for being part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. As usual, that's what we intend to have. E2247. Welcome aboard. A simple key lesson of the history of fascism is that racist lies led to the extreme political violence. E2247 also says, a simple key lesson of the history of fascism. Or rather, not all news is created equal, in particular, political economic news must be fact-checked more than any other news. Absolutely so. Welcome aboard, Jessica Taylor. Welcome to the show. Eric Hayes, welcome to the show, my brother. All right, what is the show going to be about today? I think I better go ahead and get that up onto the screen. The show today says as follows. Will these nine right-wing Democrats tank Biden's agenda? No, they'll, they'll have to give in. Cedric Keeler on schools, COVID, and dollars. I'm going to play that first because it's a 30-minute interview. So I'm going to go with that one first, and then we'll go ahead and proceed. Then we'll go ahead and proceed. How's everybody else doing, my friend? How's everybody else doing? Anyhow, let's go ahead and, you know, uh, several of you start my show by telling me what I need to say. And you know what? Since it's your show... That is exactly what I do. Michael Rudnin. By the way, Michael, thank you very much for your contribution. Made it in yesterday. It's going to do what we do best. Anyhow, thank you so kindly. Anyhow, Michael Rudnin says, vaccine mandate. Some Americans have such an authoritarian street that they need to be told to do the right things or they'll never figure out what they need to do. Also, to my libertarian friends, know that those authoritarians outnumber us three to one in our country. Vaccine mandates are necessary and at a toast for those who have long since figured out that protecting your community doesn't require government intervention. Let me see. what Did I read that right? Also to my libertarian friends, know that those authoritarians outnumber us. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay. Egberto, mind putting this on the screen? You always have something on the screen for me, but in this case, I think I'll do it for... What in this case? Always put your darn thing on the screen, buddy. There you go. My pillow guy, Mike Lindell, says August 13 is the date that Donald Trump will be reinstated. Do you know what else is on August 13? National Kool-Aid Day. For the real, it's the second Friday in August every year. You can't make this up. But guess what, uh, Michael? I got got a, a joke for you, brother. Because that was on my... I wrote this this morning. I wrote... Check what I wrote this morning. At what time is Biden supposed to turn over the presidency to Trump today? How long will his folks continue to get played? The problem is that with his folks getting played, it's it's bringing down a whole lot of people. Viruses don't know borders. Pero que vamos a hacer, mujer? Que vamos a hacer? Okay, Berto, mind putting that up? They are so used to it that they... Para ver, I'll go ahead and change that. All right, what else do we have from Rudnin? We should not be here, y'all. Y'all, parking garage field hospital set to open for COVID-19 patients. What happens when a state fails to vaccinate? Then the hospitalizations exceed the capacity. Absolutamente. The death rate goes up. 30-second video for the follow-up. Look at it, guys. It's in your feed. U.S. white population declines for the first time. 2020 census finds white population falls below 60%. Underscoring what's at stake, lawmakers begin drawing lines. Now this one's flat-out assumption on my part. Right-wing bubble probably already have racist panic attacks. Neoliberals cheer diversity as it improves their voter base. Progressives care more about quality of life than population count. But, you know, 
let me let me give a little message to my white brothers and sisters, okay? Uh, first of all, I love the idea of having a diverse a diverse salad, right? A whole lot of people mixed up, all kind of different flavors. I mean, that's what makes life like exciting, you know? That is what makes life exciting, that we don't all look the same. Somebody have a broad nose, a thick lip, a thin, a blue eye, a green eye, a dark eye, a brown eye, a, a black skin, white skin, purple, or all kind. I mean, I just think it's a, a morass of beauty, right? That's what I think. But don't worry for those who are getting scared. Because we're going to be white for a long time. Because there is a special, there's a special thing nobody te- likes to talk about often, right? And it goes about Latinos. I am a Latino. But you know who else is a Latino? Or a Latina? Uh, Shakira. Okay? And it's interesting, right? Because the truth of the matter is, a large percentage of Latinos, especially if they're coming from Argentina and Chile and Peru and parts of Colombia, they're coming over here, they're almost blue-eyed blondes. You know? So, in as, and, and guess what else happens? Uh, a, lot of, a lot of Latinos assimilate and finally, when, after a couple of generations, like Cruz did, like uh, the guy in Florida, what's his name? Um, one who drank the water. Cruz from Texas and the Cuban from, from, from Florida. Eventually, they, when, they, when they fill out their census, they don't even put Latino. They just put white. Because they are white. So as far as when people say, oh, the colorization of America, it's the browning of America. It's going to probably be over 50% for a very, very long time to be white. Because they're, I mean, so no fears. But not that it really matters, right? It really shouldn't matter. We love all this salad, man. We love it. We love it. I love all of my peeps. Everybody. Anyhow, not all news is, is created equal. That's true. I read that one already. Oops, looks like premature removals from Saki and Biden taking troops out and leaving weapons all over the place. I think you sent me that one already, Eric. Eric, Eric, Eric. We need to get out of Afghanistan. We've been in there for too long. We shouldn't have been there in the first place. But, you know, we use, we use all kind of foreign wars to build a military-industrial complex. We sing glory, 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 hallelujah. We get our kids killed. And when they come back, we don't take care of them. We don't even want to give them health care. That's who we are as a people. We don't take care of our own. We just sing glory, glory, hallelujah. And everything goes to the plutocracy. John Gornick, hello from Portland. How you doing, my dear John? Welcome aboard Politics Around. Breach, MCP, the leader of the PDR Posse. Uh, let's see what else we got here. You must believe me because I have the habit. It is a system of my life of always and everywhere saying the truth. Mussolini, 1924. I didn't know he said that. All right. Michael Rodney says, glad the bill is in the mail. No, I got it, my, my dear brother. Thank you so kindly. You're a good guy. I got it, and it's already placed in a particular fund, brother. And it's the one that's going to Washington, D.C. for, guess what? Net Roots Nation, yours truly is on Radio Row. It, it, they're only having it in one hotel right now, as opposed to we used to have a whole bunch of hotels and so forth. So they're doing half of it online, but all, all they select different organizations to be on Radio Row. And yours truly made the cut. Thank you so kindly to all of you guys. So um, we will be on Radio Row for Net Roots Nation, the largest progressive 
uh, uh, conglomeration there is or, or gathering that there is in the country. All right, let's see. Uh, what else we got here? Who else coming in? Uh, Eric says, Michael, the Democrats love telling people what to do. This is a government you love and so forth. No, that's not true. Who is it that tells people what they can and cannot do? Come on now. Bruce Pollard, Houston, we have a problem. Webster's defines politics as the art of science of government, the art of science concerned with guiding or influencing government policy, the art or science concerned with winning and holding control over a government. Good one, Bruce. Very often, art and science disagree, so we are doomed. <laughs> Come on, Bruce. Be positive, man. Be positive. All right, Michael, uh, Daniel Ledeau, my favorite, my favorite conservative. My, no, I'm not, not conservative. I'm sorry. My favorite right-winger. How is it possible for someone like Egberto to be obsessed with race yet claim to not be a racist? Oh, my God. No, I'm not. Uh, like I said, I, it's impossible for me to be a racist given who I am and who my families are. So, please, chill, brother, chill. I am not. But in America, we talk race a lot. I don't believe there is a race. But since we talk race, like I said, I go to where people are, not where I think they're supposed to be. Rubio. Thank you, John Gornick, for reminding me. Marco Rubio. I forgot his name. John Carter is in the house. Welcome aboard, John, and thank you for reminding me, Carter. Everett, Yvette, every Herod is also in the house, a part of the PDR Posse, our union person. All right, who cares? It's a big melting pot, which makes the whole of America better and interesting. That's why I love you, Eric, another one of my good conservatives. Uh, look here, Eric, let me tell you, though, I don't like the word melting pot. I'm a, thank you, Ru Robert Kneller, for telling me, Ruby, also. I don't like the word melting pot. I like a salad. In Panama, we talk about it, la salsa. Bailamos la salsa. We dance the salsa. Salsa means you can, you, can, you, can become, you can melt things together or you can have things just mixed up, right? Uh, uh, melting pot means I don't get to go ahead and say, I want my Greek restaurant. I want my Italian restaurant. I want all these different things. I like to have them in mixed flavor, one flavor, two flavors, everything. That's that's just me, though, you know. So melting pot, I don't particularly like melting pot. I like salads, you know, because salads include a melting pot, I guess. Anyhow, whatever. Um, Rodney says the U.S. become minority while in 2045. I read that. I actually wrote an article on that. Tom C. says a lot of Latinx are conservatives, too. Yes, they are. Uh, yes, they are. And by the way, uh, Latinx, Latino, which is correct. I like Latino. You like Latinx. What can I say? The Duck That Quacks, welcome aboard. John Smith, welcome aboard. Duck That Quacks says, standard military practices to destroy any equipment before leaving the battlefield, not allowing the enemy to capture it. True. John Smith says, the VA, a single-payer healthcare system, totally sucks and doesn't take care of veterans away. It should not true at all. The VA system is overtaxed. It's not invested enough into it. But once you get in, it offers some of the best doctors. It also offers great care. Please do not. Those are great doctors that we, the people, produce. We pay for them to go to school. We pay for them to take care of the people. And they do a very good job. Those are soldier doctors, and they are great, John Smith. Daniel Ledose, the guy who constantly claims to love humanity is just fine with leaving Afghanistan, women and children being enslaved. No, that's not it at all. That's not it at all. But... If I were to be practical, I would want to go into the Sudan. I'll want to go into Eritrea. I'll want to go into uh, Mozambique. I'll want to go into all these other places. We can't do it. We cannot. 
We cannot. We cannot. Uh, agree, John. Get the reps to, uh, to start working with the Dems. All right. John Smith says, Democrats love telling people what to do all the time. No, we don't. We're not the ones telling women what to do with their bodies. We're not the ones telling people how they should worship. We're not the ones telling people what they can and cannot be in life. We are not the ones telling them how God wants them to live. That's not us. Thank you. Remember, projection sometimes is an interesting thing. But don't worry. I don't think that is anyone's particular fault. That is idealization. Anyhow, Lawrence Sims, welcome aboard. Alicia, what's up, is what Alicia says. Egberto judges people based on race only. That is racist. That is not true. I don't base, I, I judge people on who they are, what they do, and what they say. Period. Punto y final. Eric Hayes, melting pot is like a good stew. Well, you know what? Uh, Hayes, I'm going to stop arguing the point. I give it to you, brother. I give it to you, brother. I give it to you. All right, I need to get to the show. I need to get to this, this to, to my brother. Right now, uh, John Gornick's salads can be made with different ingredients, just like different peoples of the world we live in. And many salads are quite tasty. I think all salads are quite tasty. Um, veteran and have experienced VA in many places. I know how much it sucks. And also, I have a lot of relatives in the VA. Now, there are areas that it sucks, mainly, mainly in the rural areas. I don't know if you're talking about a rural area, John Smith, or not. But we should talk, and we should talk about Medicare for All for everybody. But anyhow, let's get busy and bring brother Cedric Keeler. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today we have special guest, Cedric A. Keeler. He's an educator, community, and marketing strategist who partners with CEOs, executives, and entrepreneurs to grow their personal and professional brands, human to human. After spending over a decade working in education and public speaking for a reputable brand, for, for actually reputable brands, and startups. Cedric is the author of You Are Powerful and the host of the show Conscious Mindsets on KPFT 90.1 FM Houston and his own internet domain. Cedric Keeler, also known as Ced. Welcome to Politics Done Right, my friend. Thank you. This is uh, the uh, epitome of excellence and uh, political discussion and debate, and it's an honor, a privilege, pleasure to be on the platform again. I hope all is well with you and your family in these very challenging and difficult times. All is well, and I, I trust the same is well with you as well, my friend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, we have a great conversation to get involved in, as you know, uh, and you talked about it ad nauseum uh, so eloquently and articulately, uh, the changes and transformations that have happened in our society courtesy of this uh, worldwide pandemic. And as we see the Delta variant and other uh, variants I've seen uh, just come out recently, ravage our society, cases in the hundreds of thousands, things we haven't seen since early February uh, at the beginning of the Biden administration. Uh, and then we've seen these things transpire all the while while we're getting ready and prepared to send our most precious resources, our children, uh, our K through 12, all the way to uh, our collegiate and university students. I uh, will be uh, going through the hallowed halls of education uh, with uh, uncertainty, maybe never before seen in the history of this country, at least going back to World War II. Uh, and we, we as educators, those of us who are on the front line uh, working with students are excited and, and definitely encouraged, uh, but there is some anxiety and some fear and some uncertainty. So I'm happy to talk about those things with you today. Well, look, I, I appreciate that. Let's, let's get started with that straight up. 
Right now, there are a lot of parents that are hesitant about sending their kids to school. We know that with the, uh, with the package, the rescue package that was sent from the federal government, that a lot of monies should have gotten to the schools so that they could effect changes, changes in ventilation, changes in vaccination, changing in all these particular issues to really ensure that our kids, when they get back to school, they're in a... Is, in, they are in a safe, as safe a condition as they possibly could. As an educator, as a professor out there, are you seeing these dollars get into the places necessary so that parents will feel safe that their kids are in a good space? Well, at the beginning of, and that's a great question. I'll start off by saying that because I think it uh, talks about something that is extremely important, uh, especially for progressives to understand, is just that. Uh, while uh, in March 2020, the CARES Act was implemented and some $30 billion in total uh, was given to uh, the educational systems here in this country, uh, K through 12 receiving about $13.2 billion of that. And then, of course, higher education going somewhere in the area of $14 billion. And governors themselves of the states had at their discretionary disposal somewhere in the area of around $3 billion. Uh, the thing is, is that these states, they had full autonomy in many instances and degrees to be able to control how those resources were distributed and how they were dispersed uh, to local municipalities and school districts. And as you know, school districts uh, have a great impact upon not only uh, the educational dynamic uh, that exists in our society, uh, but also our property tax and the overall wealth and well-being in our society. Uh, because as you know, our system is set up based on property taxes. Right. Uh, so those local environments that are thriving and that uh, have uh, some uh, level of liquidity are able to have increased and advanced abundance of opportunities and resources at their schools, which... Uh, consequently uh, increases the property uh, that's in those environments. So I say all of those things just to say that there's a corollary connection and it's uh, connected in a way in which we have to begin to analyze and understand. But to directly answer your question, we've seen uh, as in the state of Texas, we've seen that those funds have been haggled and have been lagging. So as uh, the Secretary of Education just said in a briefing uh, just yesterday, we've given out the resources. We know that the CDC and other institutions have put forth uh, the proper PPE and the proper social distancing and the proper uh, understandings that we need to use and utilize on our particulars and in the uh, classrooms. But what has happened courtesy, especially in uh, Republican states, is that, that these state governments and these governors are not only holding their discretionary funds, but they're also holding the funds uh, that were specifically designed to be held, to be autonomously dealt with by the school districts. And that, that has had an amazingly adverse effect upon uh, these institutions. Now, just in the state of Texas, to give you an example where we are, uh, we know that uh, the tier three funding or the ESSERTS funding for tier three was recently released. And that has helped uh, schools be able to not only uh, increase the salaries of teachers, uh, but specifically putting in that PPE uh, that is essential to keeping our kids safe. 
Now, the issue with that is, is, is that uh, some of the other tiers of fundings have still yet to be given. And we're talking about $18 billion, Brother Willie. And I think that that is not only something that we as a constituents and citizenry should be alarmed and appalled by, uh, but specifically as educators, we need to uh, organize and bring more and greater attention to this because I'll close with this and I think it's important. I just brought up the CARES Act, which was done in 2020, and some of those funds have yet to be fully uh, divested and dispersed uh, to uh, the particulars that are involved. But there was $82 billion, and then other billions that have been given since the Biden administration took over. And in states like Texas, states like Mississippi, uh, southern states in particular, Republican southern states, I might add, they're having an enormously difficult time in distributing and uh, disseminating those funds. Now, to be fair, some Democratic states have had some issues, California being one in particular. Uh, but what we're seeing is there's not aspersions and there's not a sense of, uh, of, of ostracization and uh, isolation amongst those democratic states to be able to divvy out those funds where we're seeing that in the Republican states and many are believing that that is uh, politically driven. Now, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you because as an educator and now that school is starting, we have to be sure that uh, not only are these monies dispersed, but that yes, not only our kids are safe or teachers are safe and that the kids themselves don't re return back to society to start that ball rolling again of reinfections and that sort of stuff. Because again, the truth of the matter is if you're teaching at a school with 3,000 students and these 3,000 students don't have masks as, as, as Texas is not uh, saying they need right now, we are talking about creating a morass of uh, of a virus, a circular link of viruses uh, going around there. Now, what I understand that the, I think you're with HISD, if I, if I, yes, and if I recall, the, the superintendent of HISD intends to defy the governor and force masking in your schools. Am I correct? Yes, um, that has been uh, the directive that uh, he has. Uh, as, as expressed and said in pre uh, press conferences as well, uh, that based on the data, based on what uh, health and uh, safety uh, professionals and experts and officials have said, that it would be in the best interest of not only HISD, which is the largest school district in Texas uh, and the seventh largest, if I'm not mistaken, in the country, uh, due to the large uh, and dense population that we serve, and many of them being some of uh, the most adverse condition and economically disadvantaged, which by and large have so many comitables and pre-existing conditions, which make them more susceptible, not only to COVID-19, but also uh, to fatalities uh, with COVID-19 in the best interest of the constituents and the citizenry, as well as the students in particular, uh, courtesy of the Delta variant, we know uh, that now it's not only in younger people, but younger people are seeing more adverse conditions and uh, even death. Uh, so we need to protect our young people. Uh, so uh, Millard uh, House is uh, the uh, superintendent of HISD. He has decided uh, to uh, forego uh, some of uh, the mandates and some of the, the, the ill-advised um, expressions that our governor has made 
Uh, many people are saying that it will be in litigation. Many people are saying that even potential funding that we just talked about uh, could be withheld uh, from the school district uh, by the state governor. That could be one of uh, the possible consequences of he and others deciding to keep the, man the, the mask mandate in play and in place. And I think it's important that I say this, uh, we know that in HISD, 42% of the students uh, throughout the duration of the year, talking about 2021, uh, were remote learning. And 93% of the country uh, went through remote learning. And one of those reasons as to why that occurred was to stop spread. But HISD, like numerous other uh, school districts in and around this country, and specifically Texas, because Greg Abbott has said that funding would not only be restricted, it could be totally withheld if you did not go in turn or to have some in-person uh, functionality upon your campus. Uh, so based on that, we know and understand that 100% of students could potentially be in these buildings. And you mentioned the high school having 3,000 students. Just imagine, just imagine with Texas being number 36 in uh, terms of vaccinations, ranking uh, some, and some have said that uh, only 44% of Texans have had at least one dose of vaccination. Uh, and I apologize because of the emotion, but how serious this is, I think it recalls, and it needs of us to remember what we experienced in 2020, when we saw so many uh, cases and we saw so much death. And just imagine having all of those students in that environment, many not being vaccinated, as I said, and many uh, being exposed to, unfortunately, the Delta variant. So I don't want to uh, put forth a dystopic view uh, but what the uh, superintendent, and I believe many other superintendents should and will do is to lean on the side of caution and listen to our healthcare officials and professionals who are saying that we do need to not only have masks in place, uh, but we also need to uh, look at remote learning and other things uh, to protect uh, our most precious resource and that's our children. Absolutely, now it's interesting in the military, every general or every, every soldier, they are supposed to follow the, the, follow the instruction of their, their leader, they are subordinate to their leaders, however, there's an exception if that order that's given is unlawful. I think when it comes to a governor's relationship with, uh, with a superintendent or whatever, he is ultimately responsible for the life of the students. And if the government gives an edict that ultimately will get some of the people who depend on him killed, I would consider that an unlawful order. And I hope that is sort of the rationale that they'll use in, in court to defend it. I will not be a part of killing those that I'm responsible for. Your thoughts on that? I think that uh, this is one of the most important questions of not only our generation, uh, but uh, could potentially have greater effects upon uh, the continuation of our nation. And I don't want to be hyperbolic, but what we are facing right now is of epic proportion. Uh, we know that the Delta variant is more aggressive. It's more contagious. And we have seen a lag in vaccinations, even though over the course of uh, this particular week, we saw some days having uh, over 800,000. And even in Texas, we saw an uptick of vaccinations. But that's still not going to stop uh, the promulgation of this virus. Uh, mitigation things 
are going to have to be put in plan in place. And I just want to let your listeners and audience know this is, is that the TEA has said uh, that if cases incur in school districts, then schools do not have to notify parents that there has been an outbreak, that there has been a spread. Uh, so TEA is taking measures uh, that many are scratching their heads, not only in the health and safety profession and industry, but also very educators and just simpletons are saying, what in the world is going on? Uh, this doesn't make sense. Uh, this uh, spits in the uh, face of caution uh, because of how dangerous and derelict uh, some of the edicts are coming from TEA. And many believe that this is uh, through the coordination of Governor uh, Greg Abbott. And there are other states uh, that are putting forth this same kind of ill-advised policy of not identifying through contact tracing uh, where the virus has been, who has been contacted uh, with the virus, and potentially notifying others of these occurrences and making that mandated, stipulated, and accounted for through data and data that is concise and precise. But no, we're just going to allow, you know, this whole moniker or euphemism uh, for uh, irresponsibility by saying personal freedoms. No, we should all have uh, the information, which hopefully will make us more free and more capable to make a choice that will be in the best will and goodwill of all. So what we're saying in simple terms, and I've talked to numerous instructors, I've even talked to uh, uh, some of the federations off record, and they're saying uh, that they're extremely worried and concerned about all of these things that are occurring because unfortunately, and this is the reason why your platform is so important and other independent media platforms are so important, is because there's not been enough discussion about these policies. And these policies have real life implications. Uh, I know you brother have a, a daughter who has been in collegiate environments. And just imagine if someone came in there and had the virus, God forbid, there was a spread, people got sick, they got exposed to it. And TEA, just imagine the sanctioning body of the university said, no, you don't have to tell anyone this happened. If that student does want to stay out of school 10 days, they can use those 10 days to remote learn. We need real clear-cut guidelines, and we need a chain of command and also a response from the citizenry that lets our elected officials know that we are not going to be guinea pigs, nor are we going to be let out to slaughter uh, based on someone trying to fit into the narrative of a former and disgraced president uh, and we need to stand up as a citizenry, as instructors, and as just human beings to protect other human beings' lives, uh, because this is very serious. And however people feel about vaccination, non-vaccination, what we must begin to do is to protect ourselves and to do that. And the data supports this, uh, Brother Willie's, uh, that uh, contact tracing works, that mask wearing works. And that when we work together to provide not only the PPE, not only the funding, uh, but we also incorporate numerous technologies like remote learning and also other interventions that must be done because of the uh, gaps that students have incurred. And hopefully we'll have an opportunity to talk about some of that as well, because it's critically important that we don't just allow bad policy to get away with creating bad predicaments 
that ultimately in the future, we are all going to have to face the negative consequences due to our inactivity, due to our uh, inability to participate and engage in important dialogue and hopefully in creating important policy that must be made. So I'll say this and uh, definitely close up for you to interject. Uh, it's extremely important for those out there to understand uh, that there is funding and that funding is there to ensure that not only is the PPE there, but that it is being used and utilized effectively along with the increased educational opportunities that must be provided based on the gaps and based on enduring 17 months of a pandemic, we must begin uh, to not only ensure that those funds and those resources are given to the proper and appropriate entities, but we also must make sure uh, that there are measures in play and in place to address the gross inequalities in other areas. Why do I say that? Because the state of Texas seeing this coronavirus splurge and expansion is in direct correlation to their unwillingness to expand Medicaid Medicare. And I think it's extremely important that we connect the dots and say that so people understand that this is not just a happenstance, but this is a dereliction of duties and it's an inability to protect our citizens. It is important that you brought that up. It's very important because you brought up two new issues here that I think is very important. One is that, yes, the, 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 with the governor's dereliction of duty by not looking out for the welfare of the students, et cetera, that is, that, that is extremely, that's horrendous. But that dereliction of duty is going to further hurt the people that those who would get infected in school take home. And then at the same time, we refuse to accept the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act that would actually help those who are infected or got infected due to the dereliction of the person who is also denying them health care. It's amazing. It's almost like the person is putting a death wish on a particular segment of society. Wow. And you say that, and, and I think that the data uh, not only speaks to that, because even during the pandemic, just when we look at something as simple as what you and I and pretty much most of the, the listeners who are viewing this using uh, broadband, uh, we found that in black and brown communities specifically, one in seven in some areas in this particular state, and, and, I, and I'm talking about this state because it could be a uh, representative of other Republicans right. primarily that lack the ability to spread funds that they were given by the federal government. These funds were put in place for infrastructure and we're having an infrastructure debate right now in our hallowed halls of Congress. And many of our Republican patriots are not understanding the responsibility that they have to ensure that that broadband exists because one in seven and in some areas, three in five black and brown people said they did not have broadband. They did not have access to internet. They did not have the ability to give their children equipment that was vital to use and utilize the technology of the 21st century learner. And because of that, we have seen, and this is based on statistical data provided by TEA. They've said this year in particular, 
22% of Texan students, of students in Texas are at least two grades behind. Normally, historically, that's only been about 4% every year. So just in that one statistic alone, we've seen an exacerbation of the gap. We've seen academic inefficiency and it's predicated and primarily based on the deficiency of leadership. That's why this midterm election, that's why how, regardless of how people feel about it, we must understand why quorum had to be broken because these restrictive laws not only not only limit people's ability to express their rights, but it also tailors and it also curates a sense of disenfranchisement, which indelibly and unfortunately bleeds into the policies. And these policies create these predicaments, which unfortunately adversely affect those most vulnerable communities. So that's why I'm so happy to be having this conversation about this information, because just last March, $168 billion was provided by the American Rescue Plan. That's enough money to handle the situations in which we're talking and facing and faced with if we have the kinds of uh, leadership, I'll just say it that way, that would put aside the colors of faces and the critical theories of race and start doing what's important uh, for the constituents uh, in this wonderful land and place we call America. You know, uh, Cedric, one of the things, the other, the other things that I have to say is that I think, first of all, none of this is by design, or rather, I'm sorry, all of this is by design. That's their intent, okay? And I think, uh, what, I mean, you get an educated populace, an educated populace is dangerous for republicanism because republicanism is not for the populace in general. So the, the best that you could, the, what you have to offer is make sure they remain uneducated. Now that said, uh, one of the important things that we have to do, and you, you brought up the election of 2022, is we have to articulate this not only on, on, on the mainstream media, on programs like mine, on independent media, but we have to be out there with programs like you have, with the conscious mindset and, and the other uh, places that you hang out, and always keep this at the forefront. Now, we're at the end of our time, so what I want to ask you is what I always ask you. Give me a, a, a commentary for our audience that we should have talked about, but that we didn't necessarily get to. Absolutely, and, and thank you, uh, brother. You are a phenomenal, phenomenal, you're magnificent, magnificent. And I think that this is the commentary that we need to talk about, is supporting independent media entities. Because unfortunately, the mainstream entities are talking about he said, she said, who's fighting with this, doing this kind of novelty, carnival-like reporting when we need to be discussing the things that are most apropos and important. For example, the uh, pharmaceutical industries were given billions, if not trillions of dollars of taxpayer money to create an entity that would hopefully begin to rectify a situation that has exacerbated through a worldwide pandemic and epidemic. And they used these resources. They were given tax abatements and anything you could imagine to support their efforts. 
And now they won't relinquish the patents so that other countries can begin to have vaccines. COVAX said that they were going to reach 190 countries. They've only done 138. And I'm not disparaging 138, but I'm saying that they need to be doing more. And we need to be doing more to help them. Only 15% of the undeveloped world is vaccinated. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because these variants will continue to proliferate in and around the world, affecting the United States. We can no longer have the tribalism and the nativism of the Trump administration. And we have to begin to look at this with a global lens. As we understand, we are global individuals. That's what we tell our kids to be global learners. And we must become aware and capable of the importance of how we need to get an understanding of things. And that comes courtesy of information. And there's a reason why I bring it up specifically is because these patents, they are now beginning to use and utilize for profit. They are selling to developed countries the dosage for $25 to $42. And, and this is taxpayer-driven money. And I think it's important to bring this up is because our politicians need to begin to put forth the legislation and the policy that can begin to make this something of a public trust rather than a private exploitation, which continues on uh, the oligarchic structures of mayhem and madness. Now, I'll close with this because I think it's important. And I think you talked about it at Nakin. We must talk about how the banks, the banks have used and utilized people and exploited people in a way in which never imagined. And that is insane to say when you think about how much dereliction and foolishness banks have done. The reason why I bring this up is it's somewhere in the area of $12.4 billion to $32 billion on overdraft, overdraft and overcharges during a pandemic, my brother. During a pandemic, and it primarily affected black and brown vulnerable communities. And Elizabeth Warren, maybe uh, someone that you have an affinity for, if you probably don't even know, I know you probably know her, but the thing is, she asked a question. She said, you were given by federal regulators the opportunity and the ability to not be charged overdrafts for your loans, talking about the banks particularly. And they were given other incentives to create business and to seek out and obtain a profit. Did you give them, talking about your clients, did you give them the consideration that the federal regulators told you to give, which is to not charge them? Jamie Dixon, uh, CEO of Chase said, no, we did not, we will not. And that is something that we need to begin to focus on so that we can understand how to address these issues, take those funds, and then uh, divert them into education, into uh, mandating that we get the kinds of PACs, the kinds of lobbyists that will begin to put forth pressure on politicians not to put in uh, bills that are going to restrict educational funds. I'll say this because I think it's important. There is a House bill, House Bill 15, uh, in the state of Texas that is going to force some of these local municipalities and school districts to not use all the funds uh, for three to four years. They're going to be stipulated. So when people go to the ballot box in midterms or they go in 2024, they're going to say, the Biden administration didn't do anything. Those 
so-called progressive Democrats didn't do anything when it was the ploys and the machinations of Republican strategists and politicians and derelicts that totally uh, created a false narrative which will lead to them coming back in power and totally putting in the oligarchic structures that we are disdaining from. And that's why we are here. And that's why we tell the story. And that, that last comment there is important for people to know. Our own government is trying to hold back monies to give the impl- implication that uh, the progressivism is not working. Cedric A. Keeler, author of You Are Powerful and the host of the show Conscious Mindset. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Anyhow, folks, uh, there is the thing from uh, Bridge MCP, our kids, our choice. All right. Anyhow, uh, I think that's what you wanted me to put up. Anyhow, folks, please, those of you that are just coming in, welcome, Hi Coop333. Welcome, Daniel Lado. Welcome, Linda George Kessinger. Welcome, Carl Cox. Roberto Luis me está llamando de Santa Lucia. Roberto is having fun in St. Lucia. I hope you're having fun. Hey, have some of all that good aki for me and that good food, brother. You know we love our good Caribbean salt fish and aki, and I know they have that in Santa Lucia as well. So enjoy it, brother. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Anyhow, uh, let's see. Before I forget, please, if you are on YouTube, click on that join button. Become a part of the PDR Posse by joining our YouTube membership. Click on that join button. We do need you. We need 1,000. We're up to 300. Uh, please, uh, other ways of supporting us, go to politicsandright.com slash support. Politicsandright.com slash support. That gives you several ways in which to support us. Now, as on our screen, by the way, by the way, for those of you looking at the PDR Posse, remember that our own Bridge MCP designed our PDR Posse Cup, and there are some of the folks that are drinking and who got the cups, and they're playing with the cups right now. Uh, please remember to consider going to our store. You can get all our t-shirts either in the rack on YouTube, or you can go directly to our store, politicsandright.com slash store, politicsandright.com slash store, or you can go get our books at either a store at politicsandright.com slash books politicsandright.com slash books. Anyhow, let's see what else. Uh, Linda Joe Kessinger says, good interview, Egberto. Thank you so kindly. The narratives we get today are just gossip, no facts. That's why we have Politics and Right, because you guys are an integral part of Politics and Right, and you don't let me just do gossip. You're going to you you force me to work, and that's what it's all about. And Haikoop333 says, join the posse. It's worth it. So click on that join button. If you join right now, I'll put you on the screen, whether you join or otherwise. But you can also go to politicsandright.com slash support, politicsandright.com slash support, to give us a, uh, to support the, pro- the project. Anyhow, very passionate, good interview, according to Bridge MCP. Stepping out early. Rodney couldn't take the, the little bit of distortion. I couldn't help it, though. I couldn't help it. All right, Egberto, no matter how much education you have, a lack of common sense makes you an ignorant fool. COVID-19 vaccine, denial, denial of infrastructure repairs, denial of universal care, prove it. I hear you, man, but I try to be, I try to go where people are. You work even when we can't hear you, yet we are here. That is because you guys are simply wonderful. Like I always say, I, I have the best audience. 
I always say that. I have a diverse audience. I have, and I don't know. I'm talking about in every form of diversity. I've got me Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, right wingers, liberals, everybody. Because that's what it's all about. We're still occupying the same country. You know, um, I, I was going to talk about the nine Democrats. I'm just going to make a little statement about it. And it goes as follows. There are nine Democrats who want Nancy Pelosi to bring the bill that the Senate passed. Because remember, that bill that the Senate passed, it was done in... Con- hey, John Gornick, thank you so kindly for becoming our newest member of the PDR Posse. And when that occurs... I stop everything that I'm doing to salute you. And why do I do that? I need, I must, I always show my appreciation for you becoming a new member. So in the meantime, as I'm talking about the nine Democrats that, that, are, that are trying to, what is the word that I want to use? They're not really trying to sabotage the system. That's not what they're trying to do. They are simply scared about Losing their election because they believe they are in a marginal district. Okay? That's what they believe. And they believe by somehow, people are going to think that $3.5 trillion is too much. I want, I want all of us to help our friends. Help our friends. First of all, all of this is occurring over about 10 years or so. It's occurring over 10 years or so. All right? Thank you, John Gornick. You are on the screen right now, my friend. All of this is occurring over 10 years. So it's not a lot of money over 10 years. Uh, the $3.5 trillion for one and, and another $500 billion for the other. But we have so neglected Casey Goods, Casey Gibbs. Thank you so kindly for becoming also our latest member. And I've got to do this real quickly to get you there because we are going to put you on as part of our PDR Posse. Let's go. KK. There we go. Uh, anyway, so they're scared. But all of you here at PDR uh, in, in Politics Done Right, it's important for you to tell our folks what we all learn here together. And what do we learn here together? We have been lied to. Okay? We have been lied to. There is a lot of money just going all in the wrong places. And the difference between the infrastructure bill that we're talking about, uh, the $3.5 trillion, is that the $3.5 trillion bill is actually going to be paid for. So it's not going to be inflationary in any form whatsoever. There you go, Casey Gibbs. Thank you so kindly for being a new member of the PDR Posse. Anybody else wants to get on the screen? I have real estate to put on the screen and I will <laughs> I will cover my entire damn face as well. Anyhow, so remember, it's going to be paid for. And who's going to pay for it? People always say the rich doesn't have enough to pay for it. It's they never have enough. That is the biggest misinformation that you can have out there. Americans do not understand the amount that we have been pilfered over the decades. And they don't understand the true wealth disparity because of the way we hide money. Income versus capital. Rich people don't have income at all or very little. They have capital ever-growing, expanding. And if you take a look at what the first... I, 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 look, the numbers are excessive. There is enough money 
to do everything that we want to do many times over will cause no inflation. In fact, would create circulatory motion in, in, in the, our economics that would make it a much better place. According to John Carter, if the rich have enough to pay space, space pilot, they have plenty to pay their fair share. Absolutely. Casey Gibbs, thanks. Glad to be here. I really appreciate you being here, Casey. Uh, John Gornick as well for becoming our two newest members. Uh, Gracie Allen, the money the wealthy have is astronomical. And you know, what I need to do is I need to create a graph that can be easily placed on the screen for people to understand how obscene it is. We have been, for the last 40 years, when we moved from a 90% Tax a 70% tax rate under Reagan to now. Americans just cannot understand the accumulation of wealth by a few. They just don't. And uh, it is really, you know, I, I, I was watching a piece by Richard, Richard Wolf today. And Richard Wolf was explaining why we all have easy credit now. You know, everybody have a lot of credit. A lot of people can get a $10,000 credit card, max it out, get another $10,000 credit card, max it out. Because the, 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 the industrialists, the, the powers that be understood one thing. And this, was, this is one thing that was great. Uh, uh, but before I say this, I have to hit, hit Ledo. Ledo says, seriously, I have never heard such unashamed line like we hear from Egberto. Surely he must believe he is telling the truth. Nobody is so evil as to intentionally lie day after day. I ask Brother Ledo every single time that he calls me a liar. I love you, Ledo. Still, don't worry. I really do. You know I do. Actually, you do know I do. We talk on the last, let's have a conversation with Egberto. You know I don't hold grudges or ill feelings to anybody. But Ledo, when you call me a liar, you have to do me a favor. You have to give me the specific thing that I am lying about so that I can defend myself in front of all of us. We're a, we're a community together. Give me a chance to defend myself if you think I am a liar. Okay? Please do. Please do. I am more than happy to defend everything that I said. Now, when I talk about the plan for the $3.5 trillion being paid for, it is an absolute fact that that is the intent. Whether they get there, I don't know. But we'll try. Because based on what we want to tax, we, if, 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 we are, if all the Democrats came together and appropriately taxed the trillions we're talking about, it's more than paid for. In fact, we could even pay for the other one. The, the, the by, by, uh, bipartisan one as well. We could. The money is there. Again, Daniel Ledo, tell me I'm lying on what I'm lying, and then I'll bring the numbers to show you what I'm talking about. It's, it's that simple. It is very simple. I promise you. I promise you. Anyhow, folks, um, we have two more minutes. Anybody else? Let's see. Why Ledo never has specific examples? Because... I am, he knows I'm not lying. Deep in his heart, he knows I'm not lying. But if, to agree with me would mean he has to realize that many of the concepts that he believes in isn't true. And you know what I say? It's hard to get there. And that's why I always talk about we need to give everybody 
a space to land. A space to land. In other words, my right-wing friends, I'm not trying to beat up on my right-wing friends and say, you are all wrong, because you know I'm wrong on certain things, and if somebody tells me I'm wrong and they've proved me wrong, I co-opt to it. And sometimes, I tell you what works great, sometimes. I used to be in Starbucks all of the times, and you know my right-wing friends will come in and we'll have good conversation all of the times, all the time. And I would always pray that there is some mistake that I made in a statement that I said, so that I could co-op, I could cop to the, the the statement, however not intentioned that I made, because that almost gives a landing space. For that person to change their mind as well. When they see that I'm not trying to be evil or anything like that. So that is what. So I mean, if you're going to call somebody a liar, at least let them know why. Okay, uh, Roberto Luis says, yes, Egberto, I was just going to tell you that. Totally, I agree. If you can put up a chart, a growth of money. and I, I tell you what, I'm going to get that. There's a specific chart I want to show. May Wood. You're late, May. You're, you're here just when we're leaving, May. I got to get out of here. Anyhow, folks, please, consider again getting our books. Go to politicsandright.com slash books, please. Politicsandright.com slash books. That is how we keep this on air. I'm just telling you straight up. We keep this on air by having st- several streams of income. They are my books. They are my cup, things like the cups that Bru- that uh, Bridge MCP designed and other things, things like my, um, those things that you see on fi- on uh, YouTube that you can purchase, you know, those t-shirts, I get a little cut off of those t-shirts whenever they're purchased. And uh, where else do I get? I, I have like five different streams. Ah, and those who go, who, who become paid patrons. So that is what, that is what independent media is all about. Independent media is saying, you are the ones supporting us to just tell you the truth. Nothing more, nothing less. And every now and then if I make a mistake and you guys find it, I correct it. No, we call it a day. Look, my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.